I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you, I love you, man. Love you. Hey, man. I love you. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's December 16, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 156. This is No Agenda. Proudly wearing the badge of denialism and coming to you from the minimum security containment cell crackpot command center in Gitmo Nation, West San Francisco, California. Early service in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, the home of crap and trade, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Blood and Buzzkill in the morning. Yes. Hey, John. Good morning. A little late for the stream. Now that people listening to the podcast care. <laughs> well, you know, they always use the download anyway. Yeah, exactly. Now we got a, we got a lot of people on the stream once again. That's a it's a popular feature of this program. Yeah. And I've been thinking that uh, I think I should keep a running log of show notes during the week. So, you know, if it, you know, if like you have like three seconds to find the password to the site, would you mind sending it to me so I could post some stuff? Okay. <laughs> no, seriously. Today. No, I'm going to do it today. 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 All you have to do is go no, to the site. All you have to do is dig and dig and dig. And and no, all, no, all you have to do is go to the site and say, uh, I've lost my password, and they email it to you. It's that simple. Oh, you, ever- you know, I never thought of that. Oh, <laughs> you're a dick. I've told you this four times. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Yeah. Oh. I can go do it now. So, uh, but, but let's tell <laughs> you know what the, No, no. You know what this is, John? <laughs> Friday night, we had a, a party, and it was a party that John invited us to. It was in San Francisco in the seven million dollar penthouse, which they were trying to sell. I might add, <laughs> and and it was. But you know what was cool? People actually got a true elevator pitch. Oh yeah, and actually that's true. That's right. On the way down, on the way out. In, oh, you said because most of them got it on the way. No, up. I didn't get it on the way up. So it was a party thrown by you, uh, I think John Markoff and Greg one other, Zachary, one other dude. Or and a club, it, 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 well, a drinking club. Well, it's basically, the way I saw it is it's a whole bunch of uh, old journalist dudes. <laughs> and uh, Which, by the way, it, it's kind of cool, although the crowd was rather interesting. Of course, you had in, n- nicely invited a number of Mevio people who were all kind of look huddled together, you know, <laughs> circling the wagons like, wow, this is weird, isn't it? Mm. Um. And I spoke to a number of of these people, and uh, you know, one guy's like, "Yeah, I'm a friend of John's." Well, you know, I'm I kind of semi retired. I'm uh, almost seventy now, and you know, <laughs> John John and I have been working on a book. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I know. And you know, I'm supposed to be Paul. He's supposed to do this. I'm like, wait, you're actually waiting for John C. Dvorak to do something? Are you out of your mind? He's the laziest man I know. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. We all got projects with John. We've all got a project, and he's supposed to do something spectacular, and it never happens. Uh, no, it always happens. It just takes a while. It was, it, was a ni- it was a nice party in that it was nice to see you completely hammered. Hardly. You were, you were sauced. In fact, Mickey even said, wow, John's really nice when he's drunk. <laughs> I didn't have that much to drink, so it was pretty unlikely. What are you talking about, dude? You were like, you were wobbling. You were literally wobbling on your feet, and you, and you had this big shit-eating grin on your face. It was cute. Yeah. I don't remember a thing. Don't be a denialist. 
This is uh, No Agenda, episode 156, and uh, we should have an executive producer roll call at this moment. We only have one today, this week. It's Felix Schudel, is our executive producer. He gave us $100 he got in cheap. Wow. S-H-U-D-E-L? Yep, from uh, Zurich. I believe he's given us money in the past. Well, and, thank you very uh, much, Felix, although I'm, I'm kind of shocked that... Uh hundred dollars that got you that got him the executive producer credit yeah for show? yeah this is typical after every time we have like a big uh, uh like we have a night sign up then everyone was like oh yeah, those guys got enough money Ooh. yeah pretty much right. anyway felix schudel he's also he runs a company called evolution e-v-o-l-o-o-t-i-o-n uh and uh, like i said he's in zurich Mm-hmm. And we'll put him on the show notes, and he'll be the executive producer du jour. What does uh, Evolution do? I do looked you know? it up once, and I don't remember. Okay. Like he does. Uh, <laughs> See, there it is. There's your friend. There's your business partner, John. I looked it up well, once. Well, I can't I don't remember everything in the world. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, you can't remember anything in the world. <laughs> All right, Felix Schudel, thank you very much. You are the official executive producer of No Agenda, episode 156. You may put it on your resume. You can hand this out. We'll vouch for you. And it actually means something in show business circles. And it makes you look cool. It might get you laid. Then again, it might not get you laid. It probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I uh, I thought I'd uh, I'd get us started off, John, with uh, just to get us into the vibe, just uh, a nice little Christmas ditty, so that we can uh, feel like we're all one as the No Agenda listeners slash producers gather together and pin on our badge of denialism. Listen to this. Imagine there is no global warming. It's all just been alive. This is an awesome, awesome song. The video is even better than the song. CO2 is not a pollutant. I have like three or four of them in the show notes for this week's uh, program at noagendashow.com. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Listen to this. Imagine no. Living another day. We're not gonna die, no. It's gotten really crazy. I mean, I don't know if you want to start off with that. It doesn't seem to be much other news other than uh, the continuing saga of uh, of Tiger Woods, which is like, oh my god. I mean, could it get any? Could it get any stupider? And I'm seeing. I'm seeing. Hold on. I should actually. I should uh, give us the uh, the real news. And now back to real news. So I'm watching Geraldo last night, who I thought was kind of he, he kind of tries to be serious, and he only had. I don't think he's only on once a week on uh, on Fox. So I, I tune in usually just to see what he's doing, and he's all over this Tiger Woods thing. And here's the here's the discerning thing. He's he has uh, his field reporter interviewing um, a, a Hollywood madam. Who apparently has supplied multiple women to Tiger Woods, and I'm yeah. like, what is what happened to the like the code of silence? I mean, uh, you can't. I'm not going to order any more has, escorts. I mean, they, they, they're all kiss and tell. The, the the madams are telling everybody. Actually, now that you mention it, there is a uh, uh, unwritten rule that a lot of uh, people in the entertainment industry expect, which is they, you know, they don't want to really go fooling around, but they will take part with these uh, hookers. Yeah. 
and uh, they ex- don't expect the hookers to be pounding on their door saying, hey, you know what happened? Yeah, but it's, me, but it's me, not me, even me, the hookers. It's the woman who runs the business. And by the way, worse. these are $10,000 a night escorts. Can we get a little discretion for that money? What, what, what are they made of? Gold? I mean, come on. This is crazy. If, if you're paying that kind of money, you would expect them to shut up. Well, the thing is, they don't. A couple of things. One, I don't know why this woman would be doing that because it can't be helping her business. Two, I don't know why she'd be doing this because she just basically said she she's a lawbreaker. And three, I don't think she has anything to do with it. She's just a publicity hound. Okay, so or I, let yeah. me put it better, a publicity whore. Yeah. Well, I, I'm down on three and four, obviously. Uh, by the way, you know the wording is very careful. Oh, yes, no, I did supply him with female uh, company for entertainment purposes. Yeah, but right. They, but they did have sex with him, which that's a that's a legal way. And by the way, it happened in Nevada, where in Las Vegas, where it's legal. No, Las Vegas is not legal. The I, two counties where it's not legal in Nevada is the is the, the county that Reno's in and the county that Las Vegas is in. In Las Vegas proper, it's illegal. Oh, you okay. have to drive about twenty or thirty miles out of town before it becomes legal. Now he tells me. Just saying. So now I, you know. I looked at that port forwarding uh, information. That you sent yeah. me for Skype, and, and my head started to spin. <laughs> this is, you know, I've I've done port forwarding, but this I think this router is just crap. Where AT and T does, you know, it's like some joke. They don't actually <laughs> want it to work. It's like, you know, hey, let's send them that router. That's a joke. Yeah, it, it doesn't actually work. You know, and I'm so afraid of screwing something up so that it'll never work again. Uh, did you do any port forwarding? No, I've got it. Somebody sent me a real like, tight way of doing it, which I'm going to probably implement this week. Well, maybe we should the try. Problem is, like, you know, the, the problem is the way I've, this, I had to go patch the registry, and it's, I didn't really want to do that this morning before we did the show, and you know, next thing you know, we're not doing a show at all. You have to patch the registry? to. to- yeah, when, yeah, the way this guy's got it, it's, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. But you have to patch the registry. Okay. Well, John, you're the one that did all the clips for this show. So do you want to do clips? Do you want to talk a little bit about ClimateGate? Because as you know, John... Science! The science is in! Science! (laughs) That's a good one. That's Jeff Smith, man. He sent me this whole bunch of stuff. Listen to this again. It's so good. The science is in! I, I think I'm, I'm going to release. Everyone agrees. <laughs> oh, he forgot that part. Everyone, he, he sent me some other like uh, acapella bits. Like the science is in. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is awesome. Thank you, Jeff. I like that. The science is in. You can bring that up. A, that's a ringtone right there, man. That's a ringtone. Oh, that's a great ringtone. You're right. You know what, Jeff? Put that on one of our well, sites. You know what, Jeff has a ringtone service. So um, go to the jeffsmith.com, G-E-O-F-F, and uh, look for his ringtone service. He'll probably put it up for free, uh, but uh, you know, just to toss him a little bit of a bone there, uh, why don't you go get it from Jeff? He'll put it up. It's a great ringtone. I might even use it myself. Actually, I, he sent me another ringtone, which I, I think this is the one that I'm going to use. You ready? Yeah. Turn up your speakers. I never thought I'd say this, but John, turn up your speakers for the for my new ringtone, which you'll be hearing four times a day at the office. Atlas Shrugged. By Ayn Rand. 
God. <laughs> I love I love it. <clears throat> so, uh, well, let's see. What I, I did send you a bunch of, most of these are about the same topic. And uh, for, well, let's start with the black preacher. Why don't you play this for a minute? And then we're, this is going to be a call forward because we're not going to talk about this immediately. But I just want you to play the black preacher. Dinner with a little receptivity. You sip on some receptivity. It's so sweet. It's so wonderful. It brings to your awareness the idea that everything you can want and hope for and desire is already here. It's pulsating everywhere. And you are here to be receptive to it, to open yourself up to it, to make yourself available to it, to say yes to it. So that you're living your life in a sacred yes to life, yes to beauty, yes to joy, yes to love, yes to abundance, yes to prosperity, yes to compassion, yes to service. And you Whoa. begin to be receptive. Whoa! Did I hear him say yes to service? Or should I just let it play? <laughs> no, no, you can stop it now. <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness. That, that yes to surprised. service. Whoa! Yeah, well, this is part of the, uh, the the subtle meme they're throwing at the public right now. But but let me ask you a question. So, what do you think? Where do you think I picked that clip from? Well, that's an unfair question because I see in the I, I can see from the name of the clip where you got it from. Oh, I did. I, it doesn't say just black preacher. Yeah, it says black preacher dash PBS. Ah, you fool. Because I ne- I never would have guessed it. So that came from public from the National Treasure. Yeah, that came from the National Treasure. It sounds like a religious service to me. It sounds like something you get on one of the Christian or other networks that just play this stuff daily, twenty four seven. But is that his own show, or is it? Uh, was it just it's a, a special? Bit? It's a special a fundraising. Special. Uh, it's about you, I think, is the name of this, and they had this character who we'll discuss later because it gets actually worse. And I think there's a few things people should know about this. Uh, I found it to be, uh, although he's he's supposedly uh, uh, religion neutral. Uh, I found him to be kind of a character who is obviously a Christian megachurch wannabe who uh, decided to slip over to public broadcasting and uh, sell his wares to the uh, to the donors who cough up as much as two hundred forty bucks for one of his discs uh, through PBS. I, I just it's an abhorrent situation. I mean, it's basically religious programming, as far as I can tell. It reminds me. Uh- a little bit of um, oh, I, it sounds I, like Chris Rock a little bit. Well, remember the uh, the preacher that we played talking about the long legged Mac Daddy? Oh, the long legged, yeah. He, I didn't play this last week. I did put it in the show notes. I didn't get any comments on it, so I don't know if people saw it or not. But he had this whole rap, um, and he's playing clips now. He's playing clips on his show, and he had a clip of. Uh, I'm actually trying to bring it up here. He had a clip of uh, Rick Sanchez on CNN, where Rick Sanchez was really... Rick Sanchez or Rick Santori? Oh, no, it's Sanchez. No, Sanchez, right? Sanchez, yeah. yeah. And, and Rick Sanchez was really coy about... Um, uh, he's actually he went back to the, um, the birth certificate issue. And then, and, you know, and of course, Rick Sanchez says, you know, from, from, all, the, uh, from all the evidence presented to us you know, CNN, we have no reason to believe that uh, Obama is not uh, eligible to be president. It, that's kind of beyond the point, but he goes into this rap, and it's it's unbelievable, about, and he's calling uh, Michelle Obama a dyke. <laughs> and then at one point, I wish I could find it. Let me see, maybe I could find it here. From CNN, where um, 
Rick Sanchez. Um, Let's see if, if I can. Uh, I, sh- I should have. Uh, I should have ISO that clip. But at one point he goes, "Boom shakalaka," and I'm like, "Yeah, the, this guy is on to something. He's really got it down." Boom shakalaka is beautiful. I'll put it in the show notes again so you can take a look at it. So anyway, back to the climate gate thing. Uh, I, I, a, a very interesting phenomenon has taken place. Well, hold place. on, hold on a second, John. Yeah. So the uh, there's been a switcheroo pulled here uh, that's very interesting to me. If you remember 350.org, and if you start looking up some of their past postings, uh, organized these these demonstrations that took place in Denmark, which have been uh, by some accounts twenty five thousand, by other accounts a hundred thousand people protesting. Yeah, the Guardian, uh, who I consider to be the, uh, by the way, the Guardian actually runs a website, I'll get the name of it, it's in here in this article, uh, runs a pro-climate, uh, uh, warmest, or whatever you want to call it, climate change site itself, uh, advocating uh, action. Mm-hmm. Well, the Guardian, we know about, yeah. all about this. Yeah, there are, so, there but are you can use them as, a, as kind of a, as a, as a sounding board for what's actually going on. So the Guardian covered the, these riots to an extreme. So I started reading the articles about it, knowing in advance, because we already uh, played the clips and we we talked about 350.org and all the rest of it, that the idea was that the anarchists, the people that were in Seattle, were going to protest uh, in huge numbers, cap and trade, because they felt that you, they, while they're, they're in agreement with the climate change science, they think the thing is being stolen by businessmen so they can just profit and they'd rather have just cap, no cap and trade. And they think, science! So now you start reading the articles and here's the interesting switcheroo that took place. There's no mention of cap and trade in any of the articles about these protests. None. And if you go to 350.org right now and go to their homepage, their front page, when they talk about the riots, there's no mention of cap and trade. What they've managed to do is get the anarchists to come out. Right. In fact, I'll read a quote from the uh, Guardian Saturday. The demonstration, orga- now remember that this was about cap and trade. I mean, this, we know this. We've heard of how they organize these, these things. But now, because the, the media is not going to ask the right questions or do anything about it and the Guardian who's going to cover it they cover it the following way let me read the demonstration organized to urge conference delegates to work out a binding deal to tackle climate change was largely peaceful but was marred when a group of protesters threw bricks at police as many as 700 people are thought to have been arrested amid clashes, blah, blah, blah. Organizers estimated up to 1,000 protesters, including some dressed as penguins and polar bears, carrying <laughs> signs saying, save the humans, join the march across the city to the conference where negotiation ministers are meeting. Jump to the London Times, the Murdoch paper. Lin Chi's quoted, a student from Taiwan says, this is the right time to shout out and let leaders know this is serious business for us all. Let's hope they listen. So they've basically suckered a bunch of uh, left-wingers to go protest cap-and-trade and then cover it in a fox-like way as though it's a protest against the climate global warming. So what do you think these... They str- completely <laughs> pulled the, the, the rug out from under the cap-and-trade protest. So what do, you, what, do you think the, what do you think the strategy is? I mean, the, a protest is a protest is a protest. 
So the strategy is to is to add further fuel to the to the global warming fire by saying, "Wow, look at these kids are are so concerned," and then to make the people that are happen to be at the event, you know, they're so concerned that they're having to to protest because not enough action is taking place fast enough. The idea is to create a sense of urgency, which they've been trying to do. If you haven't noticed, oh, we got to do this right away. It's getting worse by the minute. Yeah. The next thing you know, this you know the the waters will be up ten feet tomorrow. Uh, so there's apparently they I think there's a sense of running out of time because they see the writing on the wall they're looking at the numbers they're looking at the uh, at the polls and people are are you know saying wait this is bogus there's something fishy here this isn't right this doesn't sound right this doesn't look right this doesn't feel right and in Australia just like yesterday or the day before they pulled the rug out from under the cap and trade bill just at the last minute it's quite yeah, interesting they reversed it they completely uh, threw it out yeah. Wow, time to move down under. So the point is, is that, well, the point <laughs> is, is hey, that... Hey, 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 it ain't too bad down there, John. You've never no, no, been. No, it so ain't I, too I, bad. It got nice, yeah, they got should, good weather. Yeah, they got California weather. Yeah. Every Australian always says, if you like California, you'll love Australia. Except we got big knives. Yay. So anyway, the point is, is that I, every one of the, every coverage of this of these protests of 700 arrests and, you know, basically riots in the street have completely marginalized the cap and trade, uh, GTO, all the stuff that these people normally protest against big government, uh, screwing the little countries, uh, globalization, all this is what they're bitching about. These people generally, I mean, that's what they do. They're, they're very similar. In fact, they're, uh, there's very, there's a lot of, attempts to hook them up with the teabaggers who have a similar complaints except you know they have some differences but the point is is that they've managed to sucker these guys to come out and show their you know make a big demonstration but at the same time they they purposely misinterpret the demonstration for the public's you know for the public because the media is kind of in on this this scam and 350.org seems to be uh one of the key elements here because if you go to their home page right now you won't see all the stuff you would have seen in october okay so a couple of things first of all i think that we could clearly uh, label this the distraction of the week hey oh no Clearly the distraction of the week, and I think it's paying off quite handsomely. I've been reading a lot of um, uh, responses to Dutch mainstream articles. Of course, I speak of the language. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because the the population of the Netherlands, they're very smart people, but they've been so completely suppressed uh, for many, many years, and they're, they're just so compliant with everything. Maybe they can't be trusted. <laughs> no, I think. No, actually, I think you can trust a lot of them. Um, but what's uh, what you see taking place is that they're not stupid. They see what's happening. The big announcement this past week is that the European Union pledged seven, almost eight billion euros for Africa. Now, this, of course, has sparked off a, a, a shitstorm of response from people saying, well, hold on a second. You know, we've, we're like out of money in our own country. You're bail they're doing the same thing everywhere. It's, it's, it's a global takeover. Um, you know, and we need the money here. And now you're sending it, you're sending money to Africa. We're not actually reducing anything. We're not, 
you know, driving less. Well, yeah, the people out of work may be driving less, but we're, which may be part of the strategy. Um, you know, we're, we're not we're not really doing anything to combat the 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 fake global warming. We're just taking our money and sending it over there. And of course, this is all exactly what we predicted would happen with the European Union, with the Lisbon Treaty being signed. And oh, I read this amazing. There are two things in response to what you just said. Uh, this is an article that came from Yahoo, and uh, actually, it's an article from the Agent uh, Foreign Presse, Agent French Presse, AFP. And uh, you got to go all the way. So it's you know, it's basically it's about uh, it's about the the conference and about the protests and about the uh, the matter of urgency, as you say, uh, John. But then the what is it the third or fourth uh, paragraph from the bottom? Let me find it here. Uh, so that that's when you get all the quotes in there. And oh man, sorry, I, I'm I'm spacing on this one. Uh, Merkel, here it is. Uh, So, um, if all goes well, the 194-nation conference under the UN's Framework Convention on Climate Change will wrap up on Friday with a historic deal sealed. There's that seal the deal. By the way, there's another campaign called Tick, 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 only it's spelled TCK, 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 another fine campaign set up by advertising agencies and their uh Yeah, it's an advertising agency. By the way, uh, at the opening ceremonies for the uh, Copenhagen event, they had uh, some maudlin, uh, the Dutch... No, Danish, Danish, Helena Christensen. Well, no, they're talking about the Danish women's choir. They came out and they sang this climate change song, and then part of the song was this tick, tick, tick meme, which was, I guess, one of the parts of some part of the song. I couldn't understand. It was in Danish. Oh, really? You can't understand Danish? No. So here it is. The head of the Nobel-winning UN panel of climate scientists, that, of course, is the the dude who looks like uh, the Geico caveman. Uh, the Indian dude, warned on Saturday that failure to seal the deal would deal a heavy blow to the nation-state system. What does that mean, John? What, the, 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 <laughs> what does that mean? The nation's... Well, it can only mean one thing. It's the, the They're calling it the nation-state system. That, to me, is, is just a global government. Nation-state system, where all the nations are then considered states, and it's in a system, so it's a global government. And maybe we should just go into this briefly again, because I've noticed, I've gotten a couple of new, I got uh, Nick at the office to listen to one of our shows, and now he's completely hooked. And he's like, you know, I feel so stupid when I listen to you guys, because, you know, I'm over here in Tiger Woods land, and, you know, there's all this stuff going on that I know nothing about, and I barely understand it. Maybe you can just... Briefly explain, John, from your viewpoint, why a global government is perhaps not such a good idea. Well, let's go over some of the issues here that the, uh, uh, and by the way, we have to wrap this around into something else, which I was reading more and more about, which is population control. Yeah, well, I see that. That's my next, my next point on the agenda. But yes, go ahead. 
Uh, the problem with global, global government, of course, is only designed for one thing. See, over time, you know, people, you know, they, they accumulate a bunch of wealth in their certain families, and they and they get they get all this, this, you know, uh, you know, they get the castles, they got, you know, essentially billions of dollars and a lot of, and yeah. they get to have a, like a pretty good life for themselves. Royal family, royal family, uh, royal how, family how, how it started. Example. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that they, you know that they keep getting involved. For, they, there's two things. Once they get up there in the upper echelon. I get involved with a couple of things, and there's plenty of YouTube videos, by the way, with all kinds of different people, from David Rockefeller to Ted Turner to everybody else talking about uh, population control and getting the population down to 500. In in fact, in Copenhagen, the Chinese delegation literally called for population control. And, of course, the Chinese have a one-child-per-family law, and they they must have like 100 million abortions a year. Because you get so, penalized, right? If if you have more than one child, well, you can actually buy a license. Oh, you can buy child work. credits. Ah, perfect. It's cap and trade. Cap and trade. So anyway, they have. Uh, so the, so what 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 is obvious to everybody is that over time, as things change, the one thing that they really don't can't deal with are wars. And so the internationalists are always the same people. They're, they want global governance because they, they honestly believe, even though I don't think it's true because you can still have a civil war, but they honestly believe by one world government controlled by one single place, there will be no more wars because wars are the only thing that actually threaten their wealth. Because in a war, all the whole, you know, everything's, you know, you get bombed. War, I mean, war imagine is being a, racket. a multimillionaire in Dresden, you know, and some and owning a skyscraper. I mean, the thing was flattened in World War Two. Yeah, but but the, but th- those aren't the true wealthy elite. The true wealthy elite are financing these wars, and and they may and war is a huge money maker. Well, that the wealthy elites who want to steal from somebody else are financing, but most of the internationalists who are very wealthy and many of them elite, they don't want war because they don't want to risk. The pops possibility that they All get right. bombed, so that's or why killed. that's why or they're lynched. on board with the program, right? Gotcha. I mean, look at these, you know, look at the, the, gold, the revolution. Gold. What happened to the top people? They all got their heads chopped off. You know, who needs this? One day you're like running the place, the next day you got your head in the basket. <laughs> Whoops, that's the definition of a day wrecker, right there. So uh, that's you know I mean yeah there's people I think they're all middlemen that are that would like to have wars but so they can steal from other people but the fact of the matter is the big internationalists of those big shots and you can find their publications all over the place that want the one govern global governance they're looking for any way to get it this this climate thing is part of it uh, and because you keep reading about it and then they want to you know kind of change our attitudes about what we think is a, you know a good way to live especially Americans I'll take another quote from that London Times article uh, that was talking about these riots and they're, they're quoting some w- woman Mrs. Mason who is like taking a side she says quote things are getting worse whatever that means and it's partly because of our western way of life we uh, need to do something about it yeah and you got British act- actress uh, Helen Baxendale and supermodel Helena Christensen were among the celebrities joining the demonstrators and Christensen said, "This will be very bad. This will, this will be very bad politicians if they do not hear us by now." That's a typo in the <laughs> but, Times. But, but you know what? It's it's not even that, John. Uh, we got a we got a message from one of our younger uh, Gitmo Nation citizens who listen to the show. Uh, just listen to what's what's happening in our American high schools. Well, hello there, Adam and John. He's, I think he wants to be a disc jockey, so you kind of got to listen through that. But his message is, is stunningly frightening. Crackpot and buzzkill, yin and yang. 
Okay, so I'm a high school senior, and I was in my sixth period class last <laughs> Friday. And part of the class, this is like a rare class that you actually talk about money and things that might be worth talking about. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we're in there, and he was talking about money, and we're talking about bailouts, and and he was like, "Oh yeah," and the way we're we're spending and the way where it's going, we're heading towards a one world government. And we're going to end up having a global currency. And he, he was going in detail, in great detail about this. And uh, he, and then he was like, and you know, that's a good thing because blah, 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 blah. And that pissed me off. <laughs> and I argued it with him. And he, uh, well, he almost kicked me out of the classroom. So <laughs> they're, they're teaching it in school. Yeah, they're teaching yeah. one world government in school, and, and you know, and the yeah, thing it's, is, it's treasonous. Thank you, thank you very much. It is treasonous. It is a, it is totally against the constitution. And to teach that to kids, I mean, it's okay to have. I think um, places of learning is where you should have debate and where these things need to be discussed. But to 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 actually force this upon children as a good thing is is wrong. Well, why, where did they get the idea that it was a good idea in the first place? You know, especially people at that level. A teacher, he's the one of the first people who's going to get screwed over by <laughs> one by a global government. Yeah. Well, you know what they say about teachers. If they were really good at anything they taught, they'd be doing it. And that's the old, those who can't do, those who can't teach. That's the that's the old gag. But obviously, these guys are good at propaganda, so, but that's what, I don't know, that, that, that's disgusting. So, but I was having the same issue with my, you know, my kids get this, you know, they had to go through this nonsense. Most Americans who have, you know, look around popular culture and they, 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 absorb a, a kind of a freedom mentality that they can usually fight off. It's like a, you know, fight off this sickness. But global global governance uh, per se is bad. I mean, that's what Hitler wanted to do. There's there a, we go. There's a proposal. There's your Mike Godwin moment. There's a proposal in the British Parliament calling for mandatory criminal background checks for parents who want to homeschool their children. Um, which just shows you that they they want your kids to get their education and get yeah their, they want that, their like, actually California is a good example to talk about homeschooling again. <clears throat> we homeschooled uh, our daughter through Washington State through who, their who by the way is brilliant. Your daughter is brilliant. She doesn't say much, but she's brilliant. She's got a straight A student. Yeah. Uh, she was going to regular to high school now, but anyway, she during uh, we do through Washington State's very amenable to homeschoolers, and they have a program where you sign up for the, with the state, and the state uh, all they do is they test uh, the child uh, two or three times a year to make sure that you're just not a, one of these crackpots, t you know, teaching them nothing, and so you have to you actually do have to teach the kids. In California, they have no system like that. It's actually illegal, technically, to homeschool, even though they've backed off on, on actually enforcing the law. It's against the law. They want you to go into these schools, and so at least you show up and get them the 50 or 100 bucks a day they get from the state for every student that shows up in class. And, I mean, the whole thing's a moneymaker. And the state of California has oftentimes you know, got uh, found parents uh, or found parents with homeschoolers and then 
charge them with truancy. I mean, it's a state is, and this state is loaded with propagandists. What, what is the truancy? That means you're not. It means you're not at school when you're supposed to be. Oh, okay. Playing hooky. Yeah. What's truancy? Okay. There used to be a truancy officer that used to drive around in a in a black and white with the red lights and sirens and the whole thing. Picking you know? up kids. Picking up kids, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we'll that get used that to again. be the case in the oh, 50s, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. So, so the obvious question, John, in, well, two questions, really. In your many, many years on this uh, planet Earth, have you ever seen <gasps> um, a move this strong towards glo- – because it's been there all the time, this move towards global government. Have you ever seen it this strong and the – the logical follow-up question is, is there any stopping it? Do you think that they'll actually push it well, through? Well, I think it was almost this strong. I, I wasn't around in the 20s, but uh, I think it was at least close to being this strong after World War One. Because that was such a mess that they said we got it. We can't let this happen again. So they developed the League of Nations, and they tried to you know push you know a, 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 an agenda. It's kind of you know, the problem is when you put all these people together, you get kind of you end up with a milk toast uh, kind of governance. Right. And that that allowed actually it was I think partially the League of Nations and the fact that they were trying to do uh, some uh, global governance after World War One that led to the rise of Hitler. And World War Two, which was worse than World War One in many ways, and it brought the Japanese to the forefront. Because what happens is, you know, some of these just these some, these people are not in it. Uh, you know, the the like the Emperor of Japan or uh, any of the uh, the military the military of Japan in World War Two. They weren't. Trying, they were trying for global government too. You know, to get together with the Axis. You know, Hitler, Mussolini, and uh, and uh, Japan. Yeah, uh, you know that was their attempt at global government. I mean, does, does this sound like a, something you want to live under? I mean, this is essentially where it all leads. So, if we follow the uh, the obvious fractal, then this could only lead to another global war. Yeah, yeah, and it will in twenty twenty. There'll be a civil war in the EU, and that'll be we'll be back to scratch. And who do you think it'll be? And and by the way, if if you do the math. If you do the math on um, on this population control, and and this is also being taught in schools, you know, there's you know we need to have only you know less children. You can, you can't sustain a culture in a in a country a society unless you have I think what is it at least two point one or two point three children per family household. Otherwise, you get too many people entering the workforce, leaving within two generations, then it collapses because there's no young people to support the old people, right? It just doesn't work that way. Right. So they want to, and you have to, you know, this always brings us back to the congresswoman talking about the uh, government killing the uh, oldsters. Because it will not put seniors in a position of being put to death by their government. That one. So all the population studies show that, you know, we're having waning, we're having a, right now we're having waning populations in most of Western society. And so, you know, you have Muslims moving in, the culture changes and, and whatever. Which is huge. Within, within 10 years in the Netherlands, 50% of the population will be Muslim and not born in the Netherlands, which, okay, that's the multicultural society, the uh, pink or the rose government pushed on them for, uh, for about uh, 10 years. But that's what you're going to get, and you're going to wake up one day and go like, "I don't speak the language." You know, it, just be aware that that's going to happen. It's 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 nuts. So they have like you know, dying cultures. The Italians are the ones that are cited the most often because they're not interested in having kids at all. And <laughs> they uh, sure so, practice a lot. 
Yeah, they practice, but you know, <laughs> nothing comes of it. So the no, something comes, just not kids. All right. So the way. thing, drum roll. So the so the point is, is that if you're going to cut down your population, you're going to do it with you know the uh, whatever whatever methodology you want. Uh, and Eric, by the way, this always this a lot of this stems back to uh, that guy Ehrlich who was over at Stanford who pushed the uh, book, uh, let's see, what was the name of that thing? The Population Control books that came out in the 70s. Uh, he actually, uh, I'll dig this quote up in a minute. Let me just read this. The Population Bomb? Yeah, The Population Bomb. In 2006, Lara Newton wrote that Ehrlich's views were accepted by many population control advocates in the United States and Europe in the 60s and 70s. She chose a brief passage from the final chapter of Population Bomb to show that Ehrlich had discussed an extreme solution to overpopulation, quote, compulsory birth regulation through the addition of temporary sterilants to water supplies or staple food. Doses of antidote would be carefully rationed by the government to produce the family desired family size. Now, these, you know, the, somebody pointed out that these population control advocates essentially want to kill you and get the population down to something they can manage so they can protect their, themselves and their wealth from the from the masses, the, you know, considered idiots by many of the population control people. Uh, these people are telling you. It's in what they say. It's right there. They're advocating it. The guy from China came and said it at the at the uh, at the uh, Hope Copenhagen thing. The people that are talking at Copenhagen, many of them are talking about population control and global governance. Early talks about doping the water and having a special antidote. Oh yeah, I mean, no, they're talking about three hundred chemicals uh, at least that will sterilize you. They're not keeping this a secret. They're not keeping this a secret. They are right out front. Yeah. what their intentions are, and why aren't we paying any attention to them? <sighs> this like is exactly what we do here on this program. We go out with this formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Unfortunately, we have to hit our listeners in the mouth, because you're right. They're, they're, not, they're not keeping any secrets. They're just saying it out outright. And it's not, it's not necessarily that they're going to go kill people, but you're not going to get the health care when you're old, that's for sure. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you're going to have a, a declining population in the society, which would cause nothing but a problem as far as I can tell, but you're going to have a situation where there's going to be too many old people because that's, you know, there's not, you have to grow the population to support the old people in their retirement. So you're going to have to have death panels. I and mean, even though she was being flippant when she brought this meme up, fact of the matter is it makes nothing but sense. You know, if you're going to drop the population, the oldsters have got to go. Yeah, this is your government speaking about what will actually happen. Because it will not put seniors in a position of being put to death by their government. But it's already happening. And I've witnessed this. You know, this is exactly how it works with socialized medicine. Uh, I've witnessed it in two countries, the Netherlands and the United Kingdom. After a certain age, it's around 70, when you actually need health care the most, because that's when stuff starts to break down, you are no, of no, no, you're no longer of use to society. And then you just, you literally do not get what you need. Hey, why would we give you a new kidney? Why? Why? So you can leech off society for a, a, another 10, 15 years? No, I'm sorry. No service for you. And, and, I, and it's a very weird cultural phenomenon, whereas 
every indigenous people, peoples, respect and uh, and look after their elders. Why are we not like that? Well, because we have teachers in high schools telling kids about global, you know, how great it would be if we had one world government that that wasn't our, you know, that we had no control over. This reminds me of that George Carlin sketch. Do you remember that? God, do, do you know if we ever needed George Carlin, it's right now. That's probably why they. Uh, that's probably what happened. You know, they're like, oh, he had a heart attack. He because he was onto it. The same thing. I saw John Lennon. By the way, it was his, the anniversary of his death last uh, last Thursday. Maybe it was last Sunday, Thursday or Sunday. We missed it. And uh, I saw him on the the David Frost show, and David Frost is sitting there, and he it's John and Yoko, and uh, and it's like, well, well, what about this overpopulation thing? And this is the 70s. And John's like, that's, you know, he's like, I don't believe in that. That's bull crap. You know, we just need to find the balance between everybody. And Yoko's like, oh, 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 whatever she said. And then David Frost says, oh, no, no, overpopulation is a serious issue. And then Glenn's like, no, this is bull crap. And then David Frost is like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. And just goes on to the next question, like, shut up, shut up. And then what happened to John Lennon? Man, he was out there. He was bigger than than the whole Hopenhagen thing. Remember, they had uh, John and Yoko did those huge signs everywhere. They were getting some attention. Yeah, people were listening to the message he was sending, and I think that they got very, very nervous about uh, the message of actual. Oh, what's it called? Uh, love. Anyway, so back to George Carlin. He had this. He had this great. Actually, I have it. You want to hear a bit of the George Carlin sketch about the Earth? Do you remember yeah, that one? For it. It's really good. We're so self-important. So self-important. Everybody's going to save something now. Save the trees. Save the bees. Save the whales. Save those snails. <laughs> and the greatest arrogance of all, save the planet. What? Are these fucking people kidding me? Save the planet? We don't even know how to take care of ourselves yet. We haven't learned how to care for one another. We're going to save the fucking planet? I'm getting tired of that shit. Oh, I miss him so much. Tired. I'm tired of fucking Earth Day. I'm tired of these self-righteous environmentalists, these white bourgeois liberals who think the only thing wrong with this country is there aren't enough bicycle paths. <laughs> People trying to make the world safe for their Volvos. Besides, <laughs> environmentalists don't give a shit about the planet. They don't care about the planet. Not in the abstract, they don't. Not in the abstract, they don't. You know what they're interested in? A clean place to live. Their own habitat. They're worried that someday in the future they might be personally inconvenienced. Narrow, unenlightened self-interest doesn't impress me. Besides, there is nothing wrong with the planet. Nothing wrong with the planet. The planet is fine. The people are fucked. <laughs> Difference. Difference. The planet is fine. Compared to the people, the planet is doing great. It's been here four and a half billion years. Did you ever think about the arithmetic? Planet has been here four and a half billion years. We've been here, what, 100,000? Maybe 200,000? And we've only been engaged in heavy industry for a little over 200 years. 200 years versus four and a half billion. And we have the conceit to think that somehow we're a threat? That somehow we're going to put in jeopardy this beautiful little blue-green ball that's just a-floating around the sun? The planet has been through a lot worse than us. Been through all kinds of things worse than us. 
Been through earthquakes, volcanoes, plate tectonics, continental drift, solar flares, sunspots, magnetic storms, the magnetic reversal of the poles, hundreds of thousands of years of bombardment by comets and asteroids and meteors, worldwide floods, tidal waves, worldwide fires, erosion, cosmic rays, recurring ice ages, and we think some plastic bags. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put the whole thing in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Guy is a genius. Ugh. Oh. I miss him. So, um, we got any more, uh, yeah, it was a pathetic situation that we were living with. Yeah. And, uh, so just to, just to wrap up the gate, um, but by the way, what really bugs me the most though, is the, is the knee jerk people that, that just, whatever they're fed, the science is in whatever they just, it's, it's just, it, you can't even discuss this with them. Science is in science, and science is exactly the thing you are supposed to be able to discuss because people were saying for many years the Earth is flat. The science is in. There was no doubt about it. Science, science. and then some brave souls went and proved them wrong, and boy, that really helped the uh, the world. So yeah, it's irksome, but uh, the only advice I can give you is turn off your television. <laughs> that's that's really it. And and boy, the, the the hype machine is just rolling and rolling and rolling. I mean, you're not you're not hearing about one tenth of a percent of what's really being discussed and what's really going on. There's open letters from thousands of scientists to the Copenhagen, Copenhagen uh, panel, the UPCC. Well, there's a there's a clip I didn't get, which was a beauty, which is on the internet. Uh, it's on YouTube, where this guy's asking a Stanford professor. Oh, and he, he, he gets told to shut up, right? Yeah, he's told to shut up, and then the guard, big fat, a big fat creepy guard with a big gut, you know, and a you know rent a cop comes in there and he rouses the guy and he threatens him with bodily harm. I have it. I have it here. It's Phelan uh, McClear asked Stanford professor Stephen Snyder some inconvenient questions about climate change. Professor Phil Jones in asking colleagues to delete emails and, to del and the destruction of, da of publicly funded da data was, was gathered by public funds. I don't know what he asked, what he said. So he's asking the question. First, some, some women come over and try to take the microphone from him. Well, yeah, now back it up again. Back it up because the, the professor, the, the thing that's interesting to me, I mean, I saw the woman come over and then they try to get the mic away from him. And somebody, you know, I guess it's been on for a while because I had to clip it down a little bit. But the thing that got me was the, the response from the professor was so mean-spirited. And I mean, because he could have answered the question the following way. The guy asked the question, "What don't you think it's crappy that they deleted these emails and the professor could have said you know i i don't i don't know personally what this what's really going on over there i from what it looks like it doesn't look like a, a positive thing and i would you know i i'm sorry they did that just something simple okay. but instead he gets his panties in a bunch and he gets all bent out of shape which really makes me suspicious and i would make sure would like people to listen to this professor's response here we go gathered by public funds I don't know what he asked, what he said. I don't make comments on redacted emails presented to me by people whose values I don't trust. Huh. I would have to see the whole thing, so I cannot very well comment. What I can say is that private communications that people have between each other certainly are not uh, are not uh, public documents. And but, we the, 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 say, but the university has confirmed they are accurate. 
they everybody says privately uh, well now let me i agree we'll we'll make it short okay so so just to give you some uh, context of the video so there are two different women trying to pull the microphone and it, it's close up you see this and they have these horrified looks like how dare you ask the professor this question and now that this is, you're right there's this really Oh, just the, this is what in the, in the 60s we'd call a pig, security guard, a pig, who by the way is carrying a sidearm. And now listen to what, so these guys are accredited journalists. They're at this event. The guy asks a very normal question. Here's how they're treated. Here it comes. I'm going to shut that off for a second, please. I just see a badge. Show me your badge. I'll spice be death. Sorry, I have a member of the press. I want to give you a badge. If you don't shut that off, I'm going to take it away from you. I'm going to take it away from you if you don't shut that off because I'm the police. He's talking to the cameraman there. Yeah, he is. Sorry, we have the press. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care you're from the press. Slave, shut up. Shut it off. If it happens again, take it away from you, you're going out. Is that understood? Is that understood? Oh, and he gets right in the guy's face, too. In the cameraman's face. Is that understood? He, I, yeah. think he, I think he's a cop. I don't think he's a security no, guard. Okay. He's, no, like, no, he's a UN security guard. There you go. UN security guard who carry guns. Yeah, this is your global governance uh, cop. Yeah, exactly. Hey, speaking of, speaking of which, I was looking at the, uh, the Copenhagen police outfits. Um, they've got these really weird, like, yellow, uh, it's not even a, well, I guess there's a triangle, yellow triangle, like, pyramid-type deals on their, uh, uh, on their uniforms and their helmets. Is that a Copenhagen thing? Is that a Danish thing? Or is that uh, another global government thing? Because it's, uh, it's kind of on, the, ominous looking. Do you have a, a link to a picture? Yeah, hold on a second. I got one right here. It's, it's not, I know that Copenhagen police have a weird outfit, somewhat weird outfit, unless they're wearing all black. Yeah, it's not a ver, it's not a very clear picture, unfortunately. It's taken from a video. Uh, it's in the, your Skype right now. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah, but it's uh, it's like yellow and it has like some dots on it. I don't know. It's just. It's oh, like, you're talking about the triangle? Yeah. Yeah, it's a triangle with. Can't quite tell what's on two it. numbers. It's got two numbers on it. One, abo- one above the other. If, uh, one's, the one I can see is eleven over thirteen, and the other one looks like eleven over sixty something. Ah, and, uh, it's, it's donation numbers for no agenda. <laughs> <laughs> it's special code. And they're wearing the same idiotic uh, triangle, which is very, very creepy looking. Yeah, uh, it looks a very. I mean, you know, the fascists always like to have some sort of symbol. Symbols, yeah, symbol. Well, this this is a uh, this is something that it's just fascinating me, particularly as we get closer to a very. Uh, no, special... it just looks like a global government kind it of does. outfit with it a does. triangle on the back of the head. There's all that's missing is a barcode, kind of emblazoned on their forehead. So, <laughs> so. There are so many different ancient symbols that we are not aware of what they do that have very deeply rooted DNA response level or DNA level responses within our psyche that are being used over and over. I mean, it's just, it's the same thing. It's like it's almost like throwing the O, you know, which of course is like the is very close to the Freemason, you know, all seeing eye pyramid. I mean, all, all these pyramids and triangles, they hold special power deep within our psyche. And we're entering into a very, you know, um, interesting astronomical, uh, astrological, I should say, 
uh, period right now between now and this and the winter solstice and you, people are starting to feel things um the, you know, I, I read all the stuff about moving from the third into the fifth dimension and the ascension, but I, there's really, there is totally something going on right now. And some call it the awakening, some call it, you know, whatever, whatever it is. But these symbols are not by accident. Turn, like we talked about in the last show, turning the stars on the United States flag and on the Republican, the GOP elephant upside down to show devil's horns. Uh, there, you can Google pictures of everyone from Hillary Clinton to the Pope to President Obama throwing the devil sign, you know, with forefinger and pinky. I mean, all of this stuff has meaning. It's just we've never, this is not what we teach in school. What we teach in school is one currency global government is good. And by the way, if you have a, a, a brother and sister, you should go kill them because, you know, they're basically eating up the earth. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I'm highly interested in this stuff. And, oh, I mean, it's just, I've, I've been doing re- more research on the, uh, on that beautiful spiral that appeared over, uh, over Norway. And, uh, this has now also happened in, uh, Russia. It happened the day after in Russia. So, you know, it's like, okay. Of course, this was a Russian rocket, they said, in, uh, in Norway. Um, also in China, and I have YouTube videos, which will be in the, in the show notes. And there was this kind of like pyramid shaped thing over the Kremlin in Moscow that was outrageous. It's like this huge funnel type thing floating over the Kremlin. You got this from a Russian publication? This it, well. Yeah, it is from Russia today. Yeah. But so what? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you, you can, you can be, you know, disenchanted, jaded, whatever you want to call it and say, oh, it's, it's, it's doctored, it's edited, it's I'm Photoshop. Sure it I'm sure it isn't. I, I, there is so much. John, there are so many, just, if you just took two seconds and, and just put aside your prejudice and look at all of the UFO sightings. And I'm not talking about flying discs. I'm talking about huge arrays of lights that are darting across the sky in uh, South America. Uh, it, it, just the other day uh, above Chile. It's happening everywhere. There is something going on. Definitely. Now, of course, I know what it is. But if I say the Galactic Federation is looking out for us, then everyone starts calling me a crackpot. You, yeah. See, this is where this is where you. <laughs> Maybe, where I, I, I have to bring it differently. Maybe I should say uh, the science is in. They're coming to save us. There's so no doubting over, it. Let's go over some more of the climate change stuff before we close the gate. Okay. Uh, I want to point out something interesting. They, they, there's been a uh, there's this interesting campaign uh, about the you know the, the one of the best documentation or pieces of documentation for uh, uh, the denialists, and I want to talk about that for a minute too. The, these terminology that are floating around uh, is a is a report done by, and I'm going to read a, a, a quote from a Wired article with. Kari Nurgard. Oh, yeah. Who, who has been a, a climate researcher uh, and fellow for many, many years. Yeah, she's on the dole. She's she, on the tit. She, she's, she is totally sucking on the tit. So she goes, uh, why don't people seem to care, asks Wired. Yeah, right. They don't care. That's why everyone's, you know, all over the place. On the one hand, she says, Kari, there have been extremely well-organized, well-funded climate, climate skeptic campaigns. 
Those are backed by ExxonMobil in particular. Yeah, I, I read this, and I'm and like, it, what? And the same PR firms who helped the tobacco... By the way, a PR firm and advertising agency created the code Hopenhagen. Hopenhagen, so yeah, and tick, tick, anyway, tick. she goes, deny the link between... And that's your boy, you do associate, association, by the way. You know, they, they try to do it with the, the you know, the... Uh, Deniers uh, is an associative word, which indicates Holocaust deniers, and so you you try to pin that on people. Most people didn't get the importance of that, and they came up with denialist, which actually watered down the the other associative word because denialist just sounds idiotic. So, but that's the one that they've kind of floated towards. It's, it's, it's kind of the politically correct version of. Denier. Yeah, so they don't get the fact that deniers is much better in terms of marginalizing the the. the the complainers, which is, you know, what we're talking about. Now, the other trick is this one, which is that uh, she says, it's the same PR firms who helped the tobacco industry deny the link between cancer and smoking. They're involved with magnifying doubt around climate change. So you do an association thing here. It's like we all know, everybody knew that smoking caused cancer. It was not like a, you know, a rocket science. And, yeah, there were PR agencies and the, and the tobacco industry lied. But, you know, that was just... It's got nothing to do with this. It's a completely different topic. Uh, I mean, you could you could twist it around to, to be just the opposite about it. You know, the, your flat Earth argument. But the funny thing is, is that Exxon Mobil, which did produce a very interesting report, and you can link to it here and there. It's quite good. It's huge, with all kinds of good charts and data. Not done by PR agencies, but done by researchers. Just because ExxonMobil, evil ExxonMobil did it to protect their shareholders, if nothing else, because they're actually literally under attack, who's to blame them? You would expect them to come out with something big and definitive. That's their job. So why is it a negative thing? Why is it evil? I, it just—it seems to me, and then associated with the tobacco business, which is a complete bogus analogy, is to me a very interesting propagandistic trick. That, by the way, and anyone out there, when you see uh, a, a newspaper article that uses deniers or denialists as opposed to burn skeptics, it. burn it, that burn that paper. Writer has got an agenda. Yeah, and burn that paper. And, now if, they, well, and any one of this, any one of the sixty, any one of the sixty-five newspapers that published a coordinated article editorial uh, managed by the Guardian, which, as you pointed out on the last show, didn't even happen when Hitler was coming to power. No one even did that. Right. No, that's amazing that they did it at all. I mean, they should be ashamed of themselves. These newspaper editors are doing that. You, did you can't you write your own material? You know, the problem with newspapers, I've talked about this before, and they have this problem when you go to Google, you can see it. In fact, I have a, a, an interesting uh, stat when I was doing the thing on the riots in Copenhagen. There was, something, there was 3,700 articles about it and, and various Copenhagen articles, 4,400 for Tiger Woods. Anyway, the point is, is that the newspapers must realize that the real threat to them is redundancy. I mean, the same yes. AP story runs in 50 papers. Yeah, and, the same and, 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 and besides that, you know, they're all uh, sucking on the tit as well because they're all in line for a bailout from the government. So this is it, the fix yeah, is completely in. Yeah, they will. They're of not course they will. Of course they will. Not happen. They're, well, they're not going to get no. money. They're going to get tax credits and tax breaks. I finished reading uh, uh, Martin L. Gross's book, uh, National Suicide. Wow. Oh, wow. What, what a page turner that is. 
and it it show it so shows the megalomania. How many times have I said that polit- politics is just show business for ugly people? This is exactly what it is. It is the uh, what is the is it the 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 biggest sin? The tenth sin is greed, or uh, what is it? Oh, the, the seven deadly seven sins. seven deadly sins is seventh then, yeah. Uh, and and it's it's megalomania. They're just totally into themselves. They're digging themselves. They love the power. They want to be reelected. They're so out of control. Al Gore thinks his poetry is good. It's just, it's just crazy, you know. And the only well, thing- the problem is that since we created a celebrity culture that has really no educational background or can't think for itself, they, you know, they the, all the earmarks of celebrity are with these people like Al Gore. I mean, the guys. You know, a celebrity, and he's treated as such, and so whatever he says goes, and people are just, you know, would love to touch his jacket. So what do we do about it, John? We never talk about that on this show. What do we actually what, do you, to stop it? Oh, well, I think, you know, I, what, what you do to stop it is you got to get the educational system to actually teach people how to think for themselves. Yeah, but how do you do that? How do you actually change We, we have no ability. We, we are the, the so Carter, down on the ladder Carter, of things. It was Carter who put, who in, in the United States installed the Department of Education. Since then, it's, it's, it's gone downhill because uh, you know, essentially all of these schools just wait, sucking on the tit, just waiting for some more money so they can give themselves some more dough. The only jobs that were saved or created uh, by the, the humongous bailout were uh, teachers but they're not actually given anything good. There's a controlled curriculum that comes from one from the state. This is not good. And the controlled curriculum is pretty dubious. Which is why many people are choosing for homeschooling, which is exactly why the government in the United Kingdom, which is the beta test for everywhere else, is saying, ah, you need to be a background check. We've got to make sure you're not evil. We've got to make sure you're not teaching your kids something that's not on the agenda. Well, now, you know, there was a good story that was on the blog, by the way, about uh, they, they were going to start investigating uh, toddlers and uh, preschools to make sure they're not getting brainwashed by uh, Islamic extremists. Oh, but, yeah. And by the way, Santa Claus was just arrested in the U.K. for <laughs> suspicious behavior. Mm. So one more uh, report that uh, was in the Financial Post, which I'll also put in the show notes. Um which uh, is all about the uh, it, which is it, it? I think it is called a eugenicist agenda. The title of it is the real inconvenient truth. And right there, I mean, again, this is not being hid. The inconvenient truth overhang the UN's Copenhagen conference is not the climate, but that humans are overpopulating the world. So we're going to get screwed both ways. One is they're going to take our money. They're going to send it off to Africa, which you know has maybe has some merit, but you have to understand that just like. In the uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, great book that we've talked about here, um, there's strings attached to it, which include all that money only being able to be used on products from, ah, gee, let me think, General Electric. So you have to buy new grids. It has to be from, you know, companies who are in the game and on the agenda. And since that's probably not going to work and this whole cap and trade is just more ways to steal your money, well, the final solution is we just have to have less people. That'll come in two ways. One is killing old people. And the other one is forcing this agenda of no more than one child per person for some cultures, which of course will mean that there'll be a huge imbalance. So I conclude, John. The only way to combat this craziness is to fuck like jackrabbits. We've got to make more kids. Mickey, get over here. We've got to make some kids.
Yeah, we got to make some kids to save the world. Well, you know, they had. Remember these? There's supposedly they're, they're like teen pregnancy is like an interesting phenomenon because every time there was like sort of a cult that supposedly, at least the media played it. Hold on, she's jumping on me, John. Hold on. These <laughs> these girls will. Uh, <laughs> What's going on over there? <laughs> okay, John, we get it. We get it. We get it. Just let me say, this is the only way to save the world is to have at least five kids. <laughs> five kids, I tell you. Because the science is in. Everyone agrees. This is the way to do it. Science! science! All right, team pregnancies. So, you know, when they have these little, you know, these these kind of uh, pockets of teen pregnancy. They, they, get, they get all bent out of shape about it and make these girls miserable, and they have long lectures and law and order shows and all the rest of it, how you're ruining your life and this and that. You should have a kid when you're 50. Or don't have a kid. Put it off. Have a career. Right. And um, right. I mean, the whole career thing, the, I mean, all the women out there that have been suckered into uh, putting off uh, – Marriage and 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 having children into into their late thirties or forties or beyond, because they it turns out that you can't have, really yeah, your you career only, only gets yeah. rocking when you're forty. Yeah, and then you could only have one kid, and then you're right on with the agenda. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, Work actually, for the state. Yeah, Bill and Hillary Clinton are the are the perfect example of uh, of that kind of they thing. They are a model. They're a model. One yeah, kid, a, careers, kid. running the country. Bringing the drugs in from Afghanistan, fantastic. Let's close the gate. To the gate, to the gate, to the climate gates. So don't ever let me hear you say that we don't offer solutions. I think it's, I, I never uh, said anything. I don't care. The word is legs. Go out, spread the word, and make babies. So uh, that's a solution right there. I want to talk about uh, public broadcasting a little bit. Do you want to? Uh, okay, let's do public broadcasting, and that'll take us right into um, uh, into our donation drive for today. Because of course, public broadcasting um, sucks off of the teat of global industry. Uh, every NPR or public broadcasting program is sponsored by huge companies such as General Electric, who are embedded firmly in the middle of ClimateGate, uh, who will make and Monsanto. War, war stuff. Yeah, there's, uh, there's Monsanto, there's uh, British Petroleum. Monsanto. Arch, Archer Midlands, Daniels, Dominion, whatever they are. Archer Daniel Midland Company, who make all kinds of chemicals. Uh, that's what the, uh, the informant was about, the Matt Damon movie that went nowhere. Funny book. Uh, they tried to make the movie really funny, but the book was actually just funny in the unbelievable, unbashful way that these executives buy off politicians. Warren Buffett's son involved in that whole scandal, never talked about. Yeah, these are the big companies. So you know that they're not going to talk about anything that goes against these big sponsors. So if it's General Electric, they're not going to talk negative about the president. They're not going to uh, talk negative or be, be critical of uh, the war machine, the military-industrial cl- uh, complex, or in this case, even about climate change, as uh, General Electric stands to be a huge beneficiary of the money that is being sent by the poor citizens of Gitmo Nation Europe as being sent over without their consent, without them voting on it, by a bunch of politicians who have hijacked the, uh, all these nations in Europe in the European Union uh, under the Lisbon Treaty. 
So let's play a couple of these clips I got. This was that, it's about you. You know, the, the, one of the things PBS has done, the TV especially, has created these, you know, these, qua- this started some years ago, these quasi-religious, you know, inspirational speakers, motivational speakers that come on PBS, supposed to be educational channel. I mean, I don't mind watching, I like Nova. I mean, uh, Frontline's a great show, definitely well done. Uh, but then what's the point of all these quasi-religious programming, you know, the, the suck in, I guess, the old gray-haired ladies in Berkeley that, you know, have a spiritual va- a spiritual vacuum in their life because usually because they're old maids, a term that's not even used <laughs> See, anymore. Which- go, out, go out and get yourself a granny and make some babies. Play a clip B. We'll just listen a little bit and then I'll get you into an interesting phenomenon I spotted. Hello, I'm Kathy Diamond, and we're going to be returning to the final part of The Answer Is You. But first, we're taking a brief intermission to invite you to support this public television station. Michael Bernard Beckwith is here in the studio with us to help encourage you to do so. And I really appreciated the Bob Marley comment about not complaining. Right, right. You know, complaining is a public declaration of your inability to see opportunities. Here we go. Oh, my God. First of all, stay away from Sir Bob, man. Don't mess with Bob Marley. You're going to get me really pissed off. To see possibilities. The universe is infinite, and there are infinite possibilities all around us. When we're complaining, we hinder our perception. We can't see rightly. We can't see the opportunities that are here, and we stumble through our own complaining. It's not a good practice. What what uh, Bob Marley lyric is he referencing? I, I have no idea. This? And this guy's this mystical mumbo jumbo that's kind of like a, a ridiculous kind of composite of the one cornball concept after another, which is all this guy really delivers, uh, is uh, is actually so annoying. By then, you have to imagine this Michael Bernard Beckwith, as if that's his name. M- Mr. Michael Bernard Beckwith is this black guy with a with long dreads. Oh. And a bald head. Oh, oh. I mean, when you listen to Bob Marley, get up, stand up for your rights. I mean, is he referencing that song by any chance? I have no idea. I don't know what they're talking about. Right. Continue with the clip. I'll get a couple more little jabs and then we'll go to the good stuff. So how can we appreciate what we do have? Now, what I like to say is what you appreciate, appreciates. Just by placing your attention on something that you're grateful for, beginning to be... Count your blessings. Grateful for everything in your life, developing a high state of appreciation for life and what you have, opens your mind up to... Ah, For our message to control you. New ideas. It opens your minds up to insight. It opens your minds up to moment-by-moment revelation or guidance from within you just through appreciation now it's a practice it's it's something we have to practice and a lot of the products we have here when people donate to the pbs there we go okay hold on a second we can use this john let's that we can derive some learning from this what is this guy's name again michael bernard beckwith you can look him up on the net i'm sure there's some photos of him beckwith yeah, Beckwith. B-E-C-K-W-I-T-H, I think. Oh, look at this guy. He looks like a Millie Vanilli. Yeah. That. <laughs> exactly. he, looks like, he looks like a Millie. A Millie he's the lost Millie. 
Is it a Millie or Vanilli? Oh, my goodness. Uh, jump to PBS Clip C. Okay, here we go. Or contribute $75, and you can choose either the DVD of the show, The Answer Is You, or the book that the program was based on. With a $150 gift to this station, we'll send you three gifts. Get the DVD, the book, and a music CD of songs featured in the show. Make a generous $240 investment in this station and we'll send you investment. Invest the in your was future. The first $240 is an investment. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a good really, investment. Do I get a stock certificate? Yeah, it's a good investment in our, in our children's future to get Millie Vanilli on stage more often. The answer is you package, which includes the DVD, the book, the music CD, a second book by Michael Bernard Beckwith called Spiritual Liberation, and the Life Visioning Kit. The choice is yours. The Life Visioning Kit. This yeah, is what the we Life need, Visioning Kit, which I believe is a mirror. <laughs> Just pick a level of support that's right for you and give us a call or contribute on our secure website. So, so this jabroni is twisting the words of the true prophet Bob Marley into this crap? This is what he's doing. He's like playing off a Rastafarian vibe. If the Rastas ever saw this guy, they'd chop his head off in a second. <laughs> Probably put it in a mailbox. So, <laughs> oh my okay, God. so one of the interesting tricks, actually, my son spotted this, and I, you know, I don't know why, because I've been watching these things way too long. I didn't notice it, and he never watches this stuff ever. And it's the, uh, they go, they have, this is like a, a setup. This is not even local. They, they have these people standing, and they have this woman that's, that's in interviewing this Beckwith character, standing in front of a whole bunch of old-fashioned CRTs that people sitting behind with a little ear thing in there, and they're supposedly taking calls, right? It's a set, and uh, it's not even a set local. It's, this is one of those systems where there's a PBS that does this, and then you get a... You know, they're, yeah, they're, it's, it's a set that on a Lazy Susan when it's time to... to yeah, to, and they're not that, but they, they, they probably one group gets part of the money because they set this up, and they're the sales pitch, and sure. the, the local station gets a piece of it. Sure. Maybe less than half. Oh, it's a very sophisticated system. They, right. they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. But, so they have, but here, here's the joke of it. Now, you're going to play uh, clip D tone and what i want people to listen to here is is the laughable because you got to imagine everyone's on headsets and they're all behind these monitors and they're the laughable use of an old-fashioned bakelite phone bell ringing (laughs) as if there's a phone sitting there ringing with bells in it hello i'm lina heil and we hope you are enjoying this show with michael bernard beckwith perhaps his philosophy has really made you think about your own spiritual journey and what you can do to lead a more fulfilling life one of Michael's belief is that you need to participate fully in your life and contribute to your community in significant ways. Okay, now stop, stop. Now, the it's phones not are just ringing this, off the hook. It's not even the stupid ringing. It's where they place it. There's always a suggestive word, and then the phone rings to oh, get oh, your Let attention. me listen again. Let me listen again. Hold on. Is that you need to participate fully in your life. Participate. Participate fully, and that's when the ring goes. Yeah. Do you think this this is all pre-produced, right? Is it oh, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, I got more clips to, sh- to prove my point. Okay. Is that you need to participate fully in your life and contribute to your community in significant ways. One way you can do that is by supporting this public television Support. station. 
Oh, fantastic. People have to realize that this is, this is advertising 101. Okay. This is mind control 101. This is, you're so dead on, John. Put it right near the word participate and support. Put that ring in, which, and there's no phones that ring. These days, just a light goes on. Ugh. I think there may be another one. Then there's another phone queue on the next yeah, clip. Here it comes. We hope you think that is a valuable community service. If you <laughs> valuable community service ring, I'm hearing bells. Do please pick a membership that's right for you and give us a call. Oh, is that beautiful? That's unbelievable. But you know, this is—it's actually creepy. People should be so put off by this. They should never give another nickel to PBS. They're using you. They're, they're, they're using you as a stooge. Play clip E, which I think has a couple more of these cues. Uh, that was, I, I played clip E. I only have uh, emblem F. Oh, no. Did you play clip D tone? Yeah, I played both of those. Oh, you played them both one after the other? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was that was the examples. So, so this is, you know, people, people don't realize that when you're watching a sitcom, there's a laugh track. You know, in her, you know, um, yes, intellectually you understand it, but you forget about it. And particularly, uh, what's the nerd show, which is um, yeah, the, the, what's the name of that thing? Mickey, what's the name of that show? You watch that sometimes. It's on. I believe it's on. Show? Yeah, the, they're all nerds. They're living in one house together. Not not nerds and beauties. No. But anyway, no, it's, it's it's a and and I and I've. And the show is kind of funny, but the laugh track, and, and that's sophisticated. I mean, this is not just like some stock stuff. You know, they've, they've, they've got different people that they highlight. I mean, it's not just one track. You know, they've got multiple things running. It's a very sophisticated manner to make you feel comfortable because you're laughing with the crowd. And this is done all the time in broadcasting. Do not underestimate. Try this for a while. When you're watching CNN or Fox run by the same people, um, you don't, do not for a second believe that you are not reading what is scrolling down below. Just focus on that. Turn off the sound and just focus on the news that is streaming down below. That is some of the, that is the ministry of truth talking to you right there. People think they're not reading it. You think that you're not noticing it. You are. Your brain is taking that information in. And that is true propaganda that is running in the crawl on all of these stations in the lower third. Who feeds that stuff? Who feeds it? I can see Robert Gibbs sitting there in his office. He's just, you know, he's got a private Twitter feed and is rolling right into the to the CNN's crawl and to Fox News's crawl because it's the Democrats running both. And don't for a minute think that that's not influencing you. It is. It really is. And read that. Read what they're saying in those crawls. You'll be astounded. So uh, anyway, the point is, is that these this phony baloney ringtone, which is to get your attention, although I think uh, even a Nokia ringtone would do that even better, but it gets your attention and it's always done at a, on a keyword hit and it's designed to separate you from your money or to, or to hypnotize you. I mean, I just find the thing to be abhorrent uh, and disgusting that they would even have this on, you know, supposedly, uh, you know, our national treasure, which, of course, we slam constantly because it's a scam. And they're taking, they get, they have advertising and then they want your money too. On this show, all we do, we, we take no advertising. We don't break up the show with a bunch of ads and we don't have it at the beginning or the end or anything like that. And we, of course, we don't get as much money because we don't pull this kind of bull crap that these guys at PBS do. We're getting $250 at a pop for a DVD of, of this, of this crazy guy. 
okay, money's been deposited into the payphone. <laughs> now we just need it to actually ring. <laughs> Our ring don't work so well. Oh, wait, there you go. Yeah, that'll get your attention. Well, let's, let's thank some people who gave us some money this last week. Uh, first of all, um, Michael, Allison, and Jessica Pav, Pav, uh, Pavlovich wanted to wish their father, David Pavlovich, uh, happy birthday. It's his 50th, 50th birthday. 50th, 50th birthday, yeah. 50th, 50th birthday on right. December 15th, so they gave us $50. One dollar for every for day every of his year. life. Oh, nice. Or year. Should be one dollar for every day of his life. That would be a number. Vincent Dunstan, uh, another <laughs> Australian, $50. You're so right. It should have been that. It would have been much better. For, in, in future, please give something for every day of the person's life, not just for every year. <laughs> Ellen Bowes, uh, Langley, British Columbia, another 50. Michael Pocket, uh, Stratford, London, United Kingdom. 5115, he wants to say hello to his friend John Robinson, a.k.a. Romer. I'm trying something out here, John, see if the phone brings in more money. Yeah, it might. I'm donating this money to the show instead of Christmas presents between ourselves as we really help, want to help the show. Good man, Michael Pocket. Hey, excellent. Thank you very much. That's, that's, yeah. that's highly appreciated. Anna J uh, Jason, J-A-S-I-N, uh, Centennial, Colorado, gave us 5280, which represents the altitude of Centennial, Colorado. Everyone's getting creative with their gifts here today. Armin Breuer uh, in Wien, Austria. Vienna. W-I-E-N, Vienna. Uh, he got home wasted, but he, but he knows he won't regret donating. So I guess he was drunk at the time that he sent us $50, which is fine. <laughs> Felix Schudel, who is our uh, executive producer. Who's our executive producer. Felix Schudel, Schudel. who's in Zurich, Switzerland, Swiss. Um, hundred Sterling Ellsworth came back on board. Sterling is our man oh, in Santa with Barbara, California. Seventy-seven, seventy-seven, and seventy-seven cents. Oh, that's great. Thank you. And that's Sterling. all we got this week. Got a note from Dan Gardner who says, uh, "Adam and John, I truly enjoy your netcasts. I wish I had a few dollars to donate, but right now I don't. I will as soon as I can. I'm a 51 year old father of eight. Yes, that's yeah, eight children with one woman. Congratulations. Yeah. Good on you, buddy. You're making up for a couple other people who are on board with the program. We just celebrated our 33rd wedding anniversary yesterday, the 12th. I emigrated to the Republic of Texas from the Republic of California about five years ago due to the terrible economy here. Uh, there. Yeah, no shit. I think you have a good balance between the two of you. I subscribed about so blah, blah, blah. Uh, here you just say, uh, I can't get my head wrapped around the theory that our troops are protect protecting the poppies in Afghanistan for illegal heroin sales in the U.S. But I do know that some U.S. officials, Clinton, for example, were aware and involved in drugs entering the United States. And uh, here comes for our Christmas gift uh, to our friend Dan. I have a son in the United States Marine Corps who has done two tours in Iraq and will be entering commissioned... Uh, officer training in January 2010. He listens to No Agenda because of me. His five-year-old son drowned earlier this year while he was vacationing in California. I know you only give shout-outs to those who give $50 or more, but would you please say hello to him anyway? His name is Jamie Gardner. Uh, so, yeah, shout-out to Jamie Gardner. Thank you for your service. Uh, I, I personally, I can't speak for John, but I personally have no problem with uh, our military forces. In fact, I feel horrible for them. They're being misused in these bogus fights. I have no problem either, and I think they are being misused. Why are they having tour after tour after tour? It's just like desocializing a lot of these guys. They're not very happy about it. 
they, you know, and particularly those that are, that are in the in the reserves or in the guard, where you know they're, they're having to go over, and they're forty. These guys are fucking forty. They got businesses. It's destroying everything, destroying everything. And for it's what? It's irresponsible. It's an irresponsible use of the military. Yeah, it is, and uh, particularly Marines. I have a I have a soft spot for uh, for Marines. So anyway, no agenda. Uh, show.com or Dvorak.org slash NA. Uh, we not only do we appreciate your help, but we need it. We absolutely need it. And thank you to the people who um, have responded uh, to me putting the uh, Delta Sierra up for sale. I've got a lot of people working now on uh, on helping me with that uh, because I'm just going to put my money where my mouth is. And, uh, and we hope you guys catch up. Uh, so I'll have... Adam Curry, eating airplanes since 2009. There you go. Remember, we need your support. Yeah, we need support. <laughs> it's a good investment. Yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll get the hang of it. Yeah. <laughs> we need, but this guy is amazing. This, uh, this Milli Vanilli wannabe. Yeah, well, you're looking at his stuff. Well, anyway, uh, there's one more clip about him, I think. Uh, oh, well, you might want to play the emblem clip just because I spent a little time on checking this bull, sh- bull crap out. Okay. Uh, a little time. You spent some of the time you could have been spending with your family, essentially, is what you're saying. Yes. Well, we're back with Michael Bernard Beckwith, the founder of the Agape International Spiritual Center and the... Agape? Yeah. It, it, don't you just pronounce that agape? Because my mouth is agape when I look at this whole scam. Yeah, agape is a. I got that one. That's a you know an old. Apparently goes back to Greek. Uh, it means Greek. A greet with affection, love. But it's essentially really a Christian word used by early. I'm reading from an etymology here. Uh, used by early Christians for their love feast held in connection with the Lord's Supper, and uh, it's essentially a. Uh, uh, Modern use often in simpler sense of Christian love. It's a different than erotic love, and it's like I love oh, you. Yes. I love I, you, I, man. I love you, man. I love you, I love man. You. Hey, man. I love you. Dave is agape. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me mark that. I think that'll be the nice start of the show. Don't you think? I love no. you, man. I had a better one earlier. Really? Yeah. Anyway, play agape. Well, we're back with Michael Bernard Beckwith, the founder of the Agape International Spiritual Center and the host of our show. One of the things I love about your presentation, you say it's not a performance, it's a transformance. <laughs> is <laughs> Not like a transgression, it's a transformance. It's exactly that, is how you mine words for meaning. Oh, you are so fantastic. Let me touch your dreads. Yes. You, you find meanings in words that we don't normally think about. Uh, for example, the word problem being yes. an emblem. Right. The problem, it, that's really where the root word comes from. It's, an, it's emblematic of our thoughts and our beliefs. And most of those beliefs are hidden. So when we have problems in our life, it's actually an outpicturing of hidden beliefs and things we haven't dealt with yet. So this may- is bullcrap. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm kind of on board with what he just said there. Not with his message, obviously. And I'm not quite sure how the whole emblem it's thing... It's fine, but it's wrong. It's wrong, it's wrong. The blem part of the word, which goes back to the Latin, it actually has to do with the word balin, which means to throw. And and 
problem, which is to throw a an object, you know, to throw something uh, forward. So it's projecting. It is. So, but wait a minute. Emblem, which also the blem is is the same word, but it has to do with a projectile. And in the ca- case of an emblem, it has to do with an adornment. The two words are not connected in the, the way he has it, which is the word emblem is somehow the root. It's this bogus. This is like a f- made up piece of crap. <laughs> John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Let me mark that as well. I think that, that might have been the beginning of the show. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Let's listen to the rest. Life, it's actually an outpicturing of hidden beliefs and things we haven't dealt with yet. So maybe a lot like the name Agape, where you go into the Greek, you go into the ancient meanings of... No, I bet he goes into the Greek, all right. ...of the words yes. to <laughs> give new understanding. Right, right. It's called inspired wisdom. Inspired wisdom. Hey, he sounded like South Park there. Did you hear that? Yeah. It's like inspired wisdom. Words yes. to give new understanding. Right, right. It's called inspired wisdom. Inspired wisdom. <laughs> hey, Timmy, it's inspired wisdom. <sighs> so that's how they make their money over there at PBS, huh? Yeah, that's how they make their money, and we get what we get, which is very little by comparison. So they, yeah. they're, they're saying basically $250 you're going to get saved. We're saying $250, we get saved. I mean, that's the basic difference right there. <laughs> it makes so yeah, much sense. Yeah, but they lie. Yeah, they do. Oh, oh. You have one more clip. Is that the uh, only clip I have? I just thought it was funny because I was plowing through all the. I was plowing through free. I got a lot of material from Free Speech TV, which people should watch. What it's channel very- is that on a, on the dish? Yeah, it's on the dish. What, uh, what channel? Speech to you, and you would actually like this gay USA show because they essentially are these two gay people mm-hmm. who, uh, Andy Hum and, uh, <laughs> and, and we've Pete talked Murr. about these two before and the, the, the woman. Oh, cool. Uh, well, what channel is it on the dish network? It's 93 something. It's out in the middle of nowhere. It's like four numbers? Yeah, it's four numbers. Wow. Free Speech and, TV. Okay. Yeah, FSTV. All right. And uh, that and Link. is a kind of... They, they have I've kind seen of Link, a, yeah. But I, I want to say... So I, it's the gay news? Is that what it is? Yeah, gay news. Now, the gay, the, the, the thing that's cool. interesting about it, if you watch... I don't get to watch it as much as actually... I could probably should record it, but I'd be watching it all the time. I'll they watch it. People. I love they that. No, they do not. They, they out, people out people on gay news, on gay TV. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's actually you go if you watch it you at the end of the thing they have entertainment news and they out everybody no. and you and you and you just jaw dropping you go I didn't know that he was gay <laughs> we should do that show on the stream it's called the I didn't know he was gay show hi everybody welcome I'm Adam Curry how you doing I bet you didn't know he was gay here we go. So anyway, there's but they have a lot of. Unfortunately, they have one. They, they have one or two agendas that they harp on, which is the main one is is uh, gay marriage, and it's just like they, it becomes quite tedious. But every once in a while, they have a piece of news like this, which invites me to do a quick edit on it. Okay. Uh, and in spite of your casting dispersions earlier, I can report that GLAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, says it is in the midst of meetings with the Fox Network over their homophobic and transphobic animated shows. Uh, they're trying to talk... Animated shows? Oh, they're, they're talking about South Park. Family Guy. Uh, fa- is it... No, is, what's the one with the, the transgendered teacher? I thought that was South Park. Is that Family Guy? Is that on Fox? Yeah. I think oh. so. 
Well, they also have these gay characters in on Simpsons. Yeah. All the animated shows yeah. have got a lot of androids. Transgendered. Ooh, big problem. No, but, it's, but listen to the... There's a, by the way, there's a new meme in here, and then there's also a, a kind of a pun joke that if a, if a non-gay person did it, they'd get slammed for it. But play okay. the whole thing again. All right, here we go. Uh, the whole thing? All right, here we go. Stand by. Uh, and in spite of your casting dispersions earlier, I can report that GLAAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, says it is in the midst of meetings with the Fox Network over their homophobic and transphobic animated shows. Uh, they're trying to talk to them about uh, how that's done. Now, I, I think these conversations are not very useful. Fruitful. Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, God, outstanding. <laughs> fruitful. <laughs> so he uses fruitful as a gag. That's funny. It is funny, but the thing that really stru st uh, stuck out was the transphobic yes, transphobic, transphobic. Never heard it before. It's a new one. They're going to slip that one in. Well, but it's, um, and, and this is another thing that it's kind of interesting going back to the population control. There's, uh, there's tons of evidence, scientific evidence, and by the way, as you know. Uh, the science is in! We are true believers in science that uh, the chemicals that are being put in our water supply are effeminate. Is it? Is that the word effeminating? Well, no, it's, I don't think that's the word, but that's what the effect is. Yeah, yeah there's, there are some things that apparently are here and there that are turning frogs into, uh, you frogettes. know, uh, <laughs> frogettes. Forgets. Yeah, no. I mean, this, they're sterilizing us, but this stuff also, you know, it it makes you it makes us girly men. And yeah. I, think, I, I think over a certain age, it doesn't make much difference. Yeah, <laughs> at a certain age, it's like too late. Yeah, what difference gives does it a make? crap? I'll just pop some Viagra. Anything with a heartbeat is good enough. Um, but uh, yeah, is this trans? Trans, what do they call it? Transphobic. Transphobic. If you put an echo behind that, it would sound good. Transphobic. Okay, I'll do an echo and post on you there. That was good. Oi, 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 oi. Well, so what else we got? Well, I got a couple little loose ends here I can bring in. Well, the one thing I'd like to, and this is not something we'll go through in great detail, but uh, uh, Matt Taibbi who has been writing about uh, the financial industry for Rolling Stone magazine for uh, the past, uh, I guess, almost a year and a half, maybe even close to two years now. And it's it's so funny that this all shows up in Rolling Stone, which, of course, is not exactly the place you'd expect to read about the financial industry. or the, Apparently somebody uh, lost their ass. Yeah. Um, so he's done another excellent article. Of course, the, the last one we received from uh, from Matt was... Um, about uh, Goldman Sachs and their high-frequency trading and how they're... Well, he's following the same meme here. Um, this new article, which you must read, it is a must-read article. I know it's very difficult for a lot of you to read, uh, but this is one that you just... And you, you got to focus on it because you, your, your eyes do start to swim when you're like, ah, there's so many names here. It's titled, Obama's Big Sellout. Uh, subtitle, the president has packed his economic team with Wall Street insiders intent on turning the bailout into an all-out giveaway. And what he does is he details in, 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 in great detail, I should say, exactly who came into his administration, who he threw under a bus after getting elected, and how they're all essentially connected to uh, the Rubens 
and Goldman Sachs. And there's another little ditty in here uh, that he claims that people are now literally calling for Timmy Geithner, our Treasury Secretary, to be fired, um, which, of course, he should be. Uh, they all should be thrown out of there. But when you read through it, it is an unbelievable accounting of how our president came into office, did a, in fact, the first paragraph of, uh, of this article sums it up. Um, what inspired supporters who pushed him, Obama, to his historic win was the sense that a genuine outsider was finally breaking into an exclusive club, that walls were being torn down, that things were, for lack of a better or more specific term, changing. Then he got elected. And then he talks about this complete about face, how all, how the people who actually arranged for the bailout, uh, were all Wall Street insiders, uh, how they were, uh, uh, they were Wall Street insiders, then, uh, a part of the bailout teams. It's, it's an unbelievable account. And you read this, you go, holy crap. Now, of course, we've been discussing every single one of these, uh, names and all the things they've been doing for the past two years. And hence, we've been labeled crackpot and the buzzkill. And some of these people who weren't on board with the program, well, we know what's happened to them because essentially they got two to the head. We've had scores of bankers who weren't participating in the scam uh, suicide themselves with aspirin, although that's not, not mentioned in the article. That's That's the only piece he's really missing. You must read this. It's under the heading financial in the show notes at noagendashow.com. It's the only link under financial. And when you read this, uh, you will just be blown away. Please send this to your friends. This is the kind of thing that print it out for them because, you know, it's, oh, you read it online. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, I have to scroll so much. It's so hard to read about the truth. So print it out in big, big text. And let people read this, because they'll be blown away. And there's also, uh, Mike did a video, maybe even send people the video. Uh, Matt, I'm sorry, not Mike, Matt. Great article, great reporting, uh, proof that I'm not quite sure how it happens. I'm not sure quite sure why it's in Rolling Stone magazine. It makes That makes very little sense to me, but I'm very happy that it's there. Yeah, well, like I said, somebody obviously lost money and, uh, and got, taken and it got, out. got really pissed off. And maybe it was John, it John Wenner. Sorry? Maybe John Wenner. Isn't he the Rolling Stone dude? Yeah, Jan Wenner, yeah. Jan, Jan Wenner, yeah. Maybe he got pissed off. I, you know, I, I, it's possible that he took a bath and uh, he's uh, irked. I'd like to do uh, an actual minute, John, if you don't mind. This is um, from one of our uh, listeners slash producers, Brad from Green Bay, Wisconsin. And he received the following phone call. Here it comes. Hello, this is Dr. Robert Mead, president of the Bell Miller Group. Our records indicate somebody in your household is at high risk for H1N1 influenza. The best protection against H1N1 is to get vaccinated. Allen Health is pleased to inform you that we have a limited supply of H1N1 vaccine available for individuals in high-risk categories. To verify your eligibility and to schedule an appointment to receive the H1N1 vaccine, please call your regular Allen Family Medical Clinic today. Thank you. How unbelievable is that? They're They're telemarketing H1N1 vaccinations. That's unbelievable. Telemarketing? Yeah. 
So, of course, uh, you know, I, I'm sure part of the reason is because uh, they have too much of this stuff laying around. But everyone I talk to, and I've talked to women who are pregnant, I've talked to uh, parents with kids, obviously, um, and they all, t- and you know, when I bring up the swine flu, like, you know, they, they do listen because they, they, are, they there is worry amongst uh, the good citizens of Gitmo Nation. And they all say, wow, you know, my doctor's really pushing me on this. I mean, like, really, really pushing me. You know, and like, oh, you know, the science is in. You've got to get this. And, and of course, now, uh, as we have already uh, predicted, uh, all we have to wait for is the second wave. That is the next meme. So the second wave is when people will actually uh, start to go. And I have to say, I now know someone who uh, had a family member die of ILI, influenza-like uh uh, illness. And, uh, it was pneumonia, of course, that killed this poor woman. Um, and it, it happens, but it was, you know, the way it was labeled and the, and it's changed that family's perception, no doubt. And, and it's very, very hard when you have people, you know, everyone knows someone, you know, there's only six degrees of separation. When, when you hear about this, then you, it's, you're real quick to like, oh shit, I don't want that. And I, I should get, I should get me one of them shots, but you don't want to take it. It's not only a financial scam. I'm very worried about what else is in these vaccines. You know, when you go to Walgreens and they and they and you say, "Why don't you ask for the insert?" I'm not talking about their uh, their little uh, flyer, but ask for the actual insert and look at what's in the vaccine before you take it. Go home, Google some of that stuff, and then question if you really want that injected into your body. Yeah, really. <sighs> I have a couple more things. Uh... Well, I got a thing here, a couple interesting. You know, the Swedish military intelligence agency gained privilege to le- or gained the privilege to legally wiretap all traffic moving through Sweden on December first. Yeah, which I think eighty percent of Russia's traffic runs through the Swedish exchange. Doesn't yeah, it? and also Finland, almost all of theirs. This, this guy from Finland, uh, uh, Nyberg, wrote me bitching, and uh, so I suppose that really means the CIA. Yeah, of course it does. And it's just the beginning of the takedown. Again, my prediction for 2010 is, uh, and and I'll say it again, it's the hackers, it's the true engineers who are going to save us because we need mesh networks. We now have mobile devices that can make it even more possible than before. We need to create uh, an undernet uh, which we can connect through because the, the the internet will be taken down. It it it, it it won't actually be turned off, but it's all going to be sanctioned. Good for your health. It's going to be approved. There'll be filters. Uh, the United States, of course, is the worst. Where there's you know, oh, we're very, filtered very... to death. I can't get the Dvorak uncensored blog into half the companies in this country because it's all filtered by these these nebulous uh, little companies that help filter the internet for you because you're an idiot. Yeah. And then I can't get into half of Russia won't won't take my blog. Uh, apparently, you know, spotty around the world. I've always asked people go check it out. Go to Dvorak.org and see if you can see if you can bring it up at all in your country. Yeah, we should do a, a roll call test and see uh, uh, and see where we uh, where Dvor- even Curry dot com is worse. I think I get filtered more than Dvorak dot org. I don't think so. Yeah, I do. I do. Well, maybe if you wouldn't mind, John, I, I would just we didn't do this on uh, Thursday. We probably should have because of the timeliness of it. But uh, I was so blown away by the Stargate portal opening up over uh, Norway that uh, <laughs> I didn't get to it. Uh, bear with us, uh, listeners. 
and listen to um, the acceptance speech. And, John, you and I should just break in a little bit here. And we won't play the whole thing, but it's linked in the show notes, noagendashow.com, curry.com, dvorak.org. President Barack Obama's acceptance speech for the Nobel Peace Prize with the emphasis on peace. I understand why war is not popular. Okay, there you go. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's the Peace Prize. I also know this. The belief that peace is desirable is rarely enough to achieve it. Peace requires responsibility. Peace entails sacrifice. That's why NATO continues to be indispensable. That's NATO is an army, isn't it? <laughs> so peace is only possible through armies. Why we must strengthen UN and regional peacekeeping and not leave the task Peacekeeping, that's the guys with the blue helmets. Ah, okay. I just want to mention and guns. Yeah, blue helmets and guns. To a few countries. That's why we honor those who return home from peacekeeping and training abroad. Oh yes. Come home from peacekeeping. This is this is unbelievable. This blows me the F away when I hear this. This is the Nobel Peace Prize. This is supposed to be given to people who have done something. Incredible for peace. For peace. You don't achieve peace by showing your fist to somebody. That's not the way to do it. But this is what our president is proclaiming in front of a a global stage. Oh, by the way, don't think I saw this on the 6 o'clock news. To Oslo and Rome, to Ottawa and Sydney, to Dhaka and Kigali. We honor them not as makers of war, but as of wagers, but as wagers of peace. And you go. Ah. We not as as what makers of war, but of wagers of peace. He's yeah. talking about military. Yeah, he's talking about again. I hate to bring it up one more time. Hitler. Yes. Hitler was a wager of peace by his definition. Really? Do you have uh, an example of him saying that? That he was a wager of peace. No, I'm just saying by his definition, that's what you'd have to call him. So are you are you equating the president of the United States of America to Hitler? No, no, I'm equating his commentary. Well, perhaps. I wasn't, I didn't mean to, but what I meant to say, and I'll say it again, is that by his logic, Hitler was a wager of peace. Let me make one final point about the use of force. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> Even as we make difficult decisions about going to war, we must also think clearly about how we fight it. It makes me want to cry. It does. It, uh... You know, he could have given a lot of different speeches at this thing. What idiot advisor had him give a war speech, a, a saber-rattling speech, in front of the Nobel Peace Prize Committee in Oslo when he could have given a million different speeches? He could have talked about all kinds of things. He could have, you know, he could have done the old po- politician thing of... You know, there's this, you know, this, uh, this, these, this group of young kids in, in Detroit, and, you know, they're trying to make things better for the elderly. He could have done a million things. This makes me so sad. It really does. The Nobel Committee recognized this truth in awarding its first prize for peace to a warmonger, to Henry Denault. Who was that? I don't know. Henry Denault? Did he say that? Let's just listen again. Yeah, I don't know. You can look it up. You you look it up. This is good. In awarding its first prize for peace to Henry Denault, the founder of the Red Cross, and a driving force behind the Geneva Conventions. Yeah, which are war rules. Yeah, the Geneva Convention are war rules. That's not peace. 
Where force is necessary, we have a moral and strategic interest in binding ourselves to certain rules of conduct. Of war. And even as we confront a vicious adversary that abides by no rules. Oh, those guys don't fight fair. We fight peacefully. I believe the United States of America must remain a standard bearer in the oh, conduct of war. I'm so embarrassed. I'm just fucking embarrassed. Embarrassed is what I am. Hey, they gave this award, the same award to Yasser Arafat. I mean, give me a break. These guys are crazy. But I, but, but we... That is what right. makes us different from those whom we fight. Oh, we're better than them. That's what it is. We're better than them. Because we, we, don't, we don't kill you in an inhumane way with a bomb, an IED. No, we just shoot you through the head. That's what we do. We do it in the humane way. Yeah, there you go. That is a source of our strength. All right, that's enough of that this That is guy. why I prohibited torture. That is Oh, lie. He so, prohib uh, prohibited yeah, torture. So, uh... <sighs> I don't get it. I don't. I wish someone did. Some some must be a neoliberal out there, or a Democrat, or somebody who could could uh, send us a note explaining what it, it, the headline is. What was he thinking? With some logical explanation, because I don't get it. I don't know what he's thinking. Why does he give a speech like this? I mean, just to, you know, they're not going to run it in the U.S. anyway. I mean, he could have said anything. He could have had a, I mean, essentially the Nobel Peace Prize is supposedly kind of targeted toward. Uh, you know, making up for the fact that Alfred Nobel invented dynamite and more people were directly killed by his invention than pretty much any other single inventor, I guess, or supposedly, even though the, uh, the potential is there for the H-bomb, of course. But, um, and so Nobel was guilt-ridden, so he came up with this peace prize to encourage, you know, uh, just essentially no more war. It's basically a no more war award, but I don't know what they're thinking, and I don't know what Obama's thinking. He could have come up with a. With a, a I know what he's thinking. I know what he he's thinking. Done a milk toast speech, it would have been fine. A second time this show, you've used that wonderful term. Where does that come toast? from? I think it comes from a character named Casper Milk Toast, and it's spelled M I L Q U E T O A S T. And I, I'm pretty sure it was a character that was invented by Sinclair Lewis. Good, I like it. Milk toast. Because of course I would have spelled it M I L K, but yeah, which is where it's spelled. But the, the, the Sinclair Lewis character was Casper C A S P A R, Milk Toast M I L Q U E, Toast. <laughs> so I will remind you that you are going to uh, retrieve the password for the NoAgendaShow dot com site. I told you that before, and I'm telling you, you again. That. Yes, I Find did. I told clip. you at the office. <laughs> told you at the office because oh. there's another uh, excellent story from VeteransToday.com that I want everyone to have a read uh, read through. And I also have high hopes for our veterans, by the way, who are just now finally coming out and saying, you know, this is so much bull. This is uh, an article: uh, the hunt for Bin Laden is a national shame. First paragraph, conservative commentator, former Marine Colonel Bob Pappas has been saying for years that bin Laden died at Tora Bora and that Senator Kerry's claim that bin Laden escaped with Bush's help was a lie. Now we know that Pappas was correct. The embarrassment of having Secretary of State Clinton talk about bin Laden in Pakistan was horrific. He's been dead since December 13th, 2001, and now finally everyone, Obama, McChrystal, Cheney, everyone who isn't nuts is finally saying what they've known for years. 
And uh, the, the crux of this article is, of course, that hundreds of our military personnel died in this phantom search for Obama, in this fake search, which was corroborated by, uh, uh, oh, I keep forgetting her name, <sighs> the woman who was killed in Pakistan, <clears throat> who even said on, uh, I think, the BBC interview, oh, yeah, Bin Laden's dead, you know, he was killed. And so you know, this is it is such a sham. And of course, now they're moving this whole concept over to uh, what do they call them? N M D K or whatever. More like Aqua. They, they, Fox News is even abbreviating his name so that we, so it's easier for us to understand a stupid sheeple. And even that, and even then, I forgot about it. And they're bringing him to to a, a civil court in New York, and we're all focusing. Oh, this is the guy that really did it. It wasn't Bin Laden. It's just, it's, it, it's, it, it, oh, oh. <laughs> it just, yeah. yeah, I know. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, yeah, wow. I know. They're switching it over from Ben Laden to this other character is ridiculous. It's, it's, it's outrageous. I mean, they've been talking about Ben Laden since the Clinton administration. Now all of a sudden it's something new. And I guess they expect everyone to buy into it. But, you know, the fact of the matter is they still do surveys and they still find that half the American public believes that Iraq was somehow behind 9-11 because we were told that by some meme early on uh, that, that George Bush managed to pull off. WMD, 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 WMD. See, you remember? Does it bring up those? Do you remember? Oh, yes, WMD. Oh, yeah, I remember. And uh, you can wait for it. Uh, here's what's going to happen uh, in 2010 as you go through the checkpoint. It's no longer called airport security. Through the checkpoint, get used to the checkpoints. Where you take off your shoes, put them in the bin. Take off your belt, put them in the bin. Take off shoes, jacket, cell phone. Take out your Ken doll. Put it in the bin. Now it'll be <laughs> spit out that chewing gum. Spit out that chewing. Spit out that chewing gum. Spit out the chewing gum, you slave. As uh, a 25-year-old Ukrainian chemistry student died when he chewed chemically treated gum that exploded and blew off part of his face. Quote, a loud pop was heard from the student's room, ukrainews.com says. Uh, when his relatives entered the room, they saw that the lower part of the young man's face had been blown off. What happened was, a forensic examination established, the chewing gum was covered with an unidentified chemical substance thought to be some type of explosive material. Horribly, police questions questioning revealed that the student had a bizarre habit of chewing gum after dunking it into citric acid. On his table... Police found both citric acid packets and a similar-looking unidentified substance to believe to be some kind of explosive material. Now, unless it's C4. What? Well, yeah. C4 you could probably chew on. It's not going to blow up. It needs a really strong blasting cap to fire off. So th th this story sounds bogus to me. It doesn't, and, you know, it sounds just like the shoe bomber. And now we're not going to be able to chew gum. But you watch after the checkpoint, you can buy a stick of uh, of juicy fruit for twenty bucks, along with your fifteen dollar bottle of water. This story sounds totally bogus. Reported by Boing Boing. Well, that's not a news source. It's their blog. Well, no. Here's here's the uh, Ukrainian uh, student killed by excluding chewing via. Let's see. Well, there's, there's, it is a news source. It's from a it's from a news agency. 
chemistry student. So, you know, you watch. I guarantee you, you're going to have to spit out your gum, slave. Spit out that gum. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. You watch. 2010. Mark it down. My prediction. Open your mouth, sir, please. Okay? They're going to be looking in your mouth. (laughs) When I flew to uh, Los Angeles the other day, uh, um, I I wasn't paying attention, and I got in the... uh, uh, biometric data line by accident. I've given up. You know, I'm like, Pfft. so I got into the biometric data scanner where you have to hold your hands above your head like a true fucking slave. Is this and, the one that scans you naked, yeah, or is it one that has yeah. the puffer? No, no, the no puffer. not the puffer. No, it's the one that scans you naked. So no. you have to stand there, and of course, on two yellow footprints. Don't move off. The, stand on the yellow footprints. Stand on the stand on the yellow footprints. Okay. Then I had to wait because the the TSA officer was changing the guard which means someone else puts on the headset and they're like okay come through and then there's another two yellow things you have to stand on and then you have to put your hands above your head and of course i had my index fingers extended i couldn't resist i'm like you know i'm throwing the flipping the bird two times and then it's like okay that's enough and you come through stand over on the next yellow footprints and then you have to wait to be cleared so now they're calling over to someone who just looked at me naked and uh, and to make sure that I wasn't was carrying... Was it a guy or a girl? Well, it was a, I don't know. You don't know because you don't know who's looking at you naked. That's probably some guy. Besides a bunch of guys laughing their ass off, like, look at that guy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's got, hey, if he's you got were working that job, you'd be laughing your ass off, Of course too. I would be. I'd be like, Twitter twitpig, baby. This would be fantastic. No, of course, they're all laughing their ass off. And you have to wait, and you wait, and you wait. Okay, you're it's cleared. It's a form of subtle, subtle, not so subtle humiliation of the American public, one person at a time. And it's called a checkpoint. That is brand new. This is a new meme. Yeah, you it's spotted called this already. It's checkpoint. checkpoint. Checkpoint, checkpoint. Checkpoint. Me see, let me see your papers. And then finally one, uh, and then I'll let you close it out, John. Finally, one great link, which is a picture link. Of something called narcotecture. Have you ever heard of this? Narcotecture? No. Uh, no. PJ Tobia is, uh, this is a blog, I guess. He, uh, he lives in Kabul and, uh, he took a whole bunch of pictures of what they call poppy palaces, better known as narcotecture. So this is Afghanistan. This is Kabul. When you see these, in fact, I'm seeing this link right now. You have to see this, John. When you see this link, when you see these palaces that are the poppy palaces and how, I mean, the, it's unbelievable how the grandeur of these things is a funny one. Actually has a sign on it that says for rent. For rent. Yeah, look at it. It's like the third one down. Uh, these are like Sheikh's palaces. In fact, uh, here's one. The Prince of Siam lived here when he manufactured and dis- distributed distributed heroin. This is Kabul. This is what we're protecting. We're protecting these palaces. We're protecting the poppies. We are helping the drug trade. It's now being reported in mainstream news. They're not hiding it. Everyone knows what's going on. And, you know, let's just go talk about Tiger Woods. Yeah. So, um, John, before you close out the show, I will just say one more time, it is so abundantly clear. I wake up every single morning thinking, oh, my God, it is exactly as predicted. By Ayn Rand. Go read the book. Why? Well, I read it. It stinks. It's a great book. 
It is exactly what's happening right now. It's called Atlas Shrugged. I am not an Ayn Rand groupie, but this book really spells it out. And the megalomaniac politicians, the, ooh, let's save the world and let's make sure we save ourselves first, the rich, it's all in there. It's all in there. It is happening as we speak. Yeah. So uh, just a few things I wanted to get out of off this list. I want people to pay a little more close attention to uh, language and how they're, you know, trying to manipulate your your thought process. You, but, you know, again, if you see denier or denialist, uh, you're looking at a piece of propaganda. They've also decided by like a new term has come up called warmest. Oh, warmest. Nice. And so they're they're trying to get uh, the, uh, the the pro warming people are trying to get the term alarmist out of the vernacular and change it to warmest, which is a nice and cuddly term. Um, they also should note that I I want I haven't we're not, didn't get into it today, but I want to discuss this possibility since everything that we talk about here sometimes we look for double triple meanings. There is a uh, very interesting Bert Rutan, uh, the, the rocket scientist, literally guy who has a, um, a PDF or a PowerPoint show where it's very against the whole. Well, he, he does a great job of showing a the fraction of. Uh, CO2 that is actually emitted by humans and right. B he shows you know he's a test pilot so and, and he 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 deals with data that will literally save his life and he and he goes through this very simple process of saying this is bull crap but his real concern is the interesting because he says the most the only thing that really threatens humanity is never even if it did have global warming it's not going to threaten humanity it's going to sink a couple of islands maybe but is but but ice ages are the big threat to humanity and all these it's almost as if gore and the rest of them are doing everything they can to maybe trigger an ice age as part of this death cult that they're part of this this population control what better way to do some population control than than throw up a, an ice age i think the best way to do it is to burn old people for fuel <laughs> I think that's going to work. I think it's gonna be the carbon footprint's too high. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's your carbon footprint? And Chinese drivers in San Francisco. We should, we should burn those for fuel too. I think that's it. Yeah, I think you're right. Remember, you're living in Gitmo Nation. All we do is report it, and we actually report on it. So uh, go have a look at some of the links in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Don't procrastinate. No, I shouldn't say that. Um, do it. And pay careful attention when you're watching PBS for those ringing bells. Yeah. Pay, in fact, pay close attention to everything that's happening on television. Or better yet, turn it yeah, off. Yeah, turn it off. It's poisoning you. Go read a book. Yeah. Ooh, I have a suggestion for you. You already suggested it. <laughs> Coming to you from the uh, minimum security containment cell, which houses not only the Crackpot Command Center, but two beautifully decorated Christmas trees, as you can see on Curry.com. My name's Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, home of cap and trade. Yay! I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. No Agenda.